0: Greetings, all, and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest on Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. As you know, we're in the midst of a political season that has taken a turn for the ugly. The most recent Democratic debate was a savage brawl focused on takedowns and insults. And as entertaining as that might have been, what often gets lost in the mudslinging is meaningful debate on issues that people care about. A recent poll conducted by Teen Vogue and Ipsos found that there was a lot of overlap among young voters, regardless of party affiliation, on specific issues. Young Democrats and Republicans alike identified healthcare, the economy, and education as top concerns. More surprisingly, and most relevant to our discussion today, young Democrats, Republicans, and independents agreed that our future is at risk as a result of climate change, and they also agreed that the government isn't acting fast enough to counteract it. Climate change, of course, is a big issue with a lot of considerations that transcend political allegiance. So we've invited our old friend, Amelia Gonzalez, to help us sort it out. Welcome, Amelia. Thanks for being here. We missed Thank you. Thank you. And with us, as always, is our producer, Eming Piancai, who keeps us on task and sounding good. Always a pleasure to spend time with Eming. Uh, Amelia, let me start off. This is something that you brought to my attention. It's an organization that I was not aware of until you mentioned them to me, but I've done some research since then. Uh, it's the sunrise movement. Um, their, you know, mission statements that they're building an army of young people to stop climate change and create millions of good jobs in the process. Uh, and they have all kinds of photography on their site and, um, you know, I, I, gave a scan of their Instagram page. They're tracking uh, the Democratic primaries very closely and through the lens specifically of climate change and climate change related issues. So can you, I mean, but that's all I know. So can you tell us a little bit more about this organization and what they do?
1: Yes. So Sunrise Movement is just the most amazing Young people's movement. I think one of the most amazing young people's movement. Basically, it was started by two um, young women. One of them I was actually at a at a talk at, and she was um, in college when they started it. But it's literally led by like young people, ages. I'm like hesitant to even say ten, like, and they maybe eight to like twenty something, like mid twenties, and fantastic. they. It's amazing. They'll do like sit-ins. They'll do, um, I mean, they don't, I mean, I wouldn't say they really protest. I mean, they do protest, but it's more like, you know, they'll be out, out, you know, in Kentucky, they'll be outside of Mitch McConnell's office or something. You know what I mean? Or like they did a sit-in, I think got a lot of um, press because AOC was there. But they did a sit in um, at Nancy Pelosi's office, like kind of in like toward the end of 2018, like early 2019. And um, they endorse candidates as well. So they've endorsed um, Bernie Sanders as their candidate. And um, they have a network basically on university campuses, but all over the U.S., um, making lots of um efforts to promote uh of course policies that will address climate change and so they are the ones who are the major proponents of the green new deal they're the ones who came up with the green new deal basically and then worked with um uh you know different congress people who now endorse it you know on a plan but that was really that's their that's like their whole that's their thing.
0: The Green New okay, Deal. So the Sunrise Movement has been involved in the Green New Deal from the ground. Since the beginning. They were part yeah. of. OK. So it's not and just it's all young people. In now to endorse it. No, no. Yeah. Pretty
1: much the Congress people like were able to pick it up, but really because of the efforts of these young people.
0: Yeah. Uh, And in terms of endorsement, obviously, they are kind of I hesitate to say single voters, but their their issue is obviously climate change. Right. Uh, And does that mean, I guess, in your estimation, is their endorsement of Bernie Sanders? Does that mean that they trust him more than any other candidate in the field to be proactive about climate change? And what why do they think that?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, they do. And I think that's because of his track record. I think, you know, like even myself, I think I'm in like the young vote, whatever, young voters. And um, I am also a Bernie fan. And um, but the but the reason why um, they chose Bernie was actually actually it's very interesting within the Sunrise Movement. They basically did like a vote (laughs) of like who should be the candidate we endorse. And the majority was Bernie from the, from the, from their own kind of like voting thing that they did. Um, and so, but I think it's because of his track record. He's never, you know, he's, he's not talking about climate change or endorsing the, I mean, I think Elizabeth Warren has also endorsed the green new deal. Um, but Bernie isn't doing it because it's like a trendy thing to do now. Right. He's been talking about this since the seventies,
0: you know, right. Um, I'm also curious, you know, because I am looking at their site, I'm thrilled that it is a truly young person's movement. This is not I mean, you know, I've I did a lot of political reporting many, many years ago in the early 2000s. Dark days, dark days. Don't ask. <laughs> um <laughs> But, you know, I was tasked with, you know, tell us about the youth vote, talk to young people. And of course, like young people's political engagement was a lot different at that time. I was just a lot more apathy, there was much less engagement. Um, And when I did encounter people who were highly motivated or very politically engaged, you know, it it would often be like at a convention, right? At a democratic convention or something. And there were young people who were working in the service of whoever the old people were, who were in office or running for office. Right. So they felt a lot more like um, pawns or puppets in some ways, not Mm. to like undermine whatever work they were doing at the time, but they were um, supporting the efforts of uh, people who were in office already. It wasn't, it did not feel like, you know, there were a lot of youthful grassroots movements at that time. There are now, which I think is part of what's so compelling about this group is that it's yeah. you know, youth led like many others. I mean, I think totally is true for, um, you know, the uh, gun control movement, you know, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not people in Washington who have an agenda and then they enlist young people to get that message out for them. It's young people who are genuinely right. concerned about gun control and have taken that issue on. It's very nice to see, obviously, but yeah, there's this, I think a specific reason, and this is true for gun control, to to a lesser extent, but for climate change, because you know, I hesitate to say this because I'm kind of in the in between nether region, like not kind of like you know, Britney Spears said, like not not a girl, not yet a woman. Is that how it goes? Does anybody remember that? <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> I'm
0: not. <laughs> Britney Spears had a song with words along that line. I am. Yes, you're right.
1: A, that's the lyric.
0: Thank you, thank you, Ewing. That's that's why we need you here. I'm, I'm in kind of a Britney Spears, Goldilocks in between, like not a youth voter, but not really like an old person. Um, but, you know, looking in on these issues, thinking about who climate change is, is going to affect. And when we start to see, you know, it's it's young people and it's good to see that that's who's leading this movement. So how did you find out about them? Are you planning on getting involved? What, what is your engagement? Well, I saw, I mean, I, uh, one of the co-founders I
1: saw at an event, um, and she was talking so that I found out about it like a few years ago. Um, I never, I've never been like personally involved. Um, I think it's really amazing, uh, what they're doing. I don't know if I would get personally involved. I mean, uh, I mean, I like support them for sure. You know, by like following them or reposting their stuff or stuff like that. But, um, but I feel like. I mean, honestly, you know what it reminds me of is, uh, did you guys ever hear about 99 Rise? 99 like Rise? W- yeah, it was like a whole thing of like during like Occupy Wall Street, mm-hmm. where they were doing like trainings to get young people um, to like do sit-ins at big banks when you get like arrested. I went to like, I was supposed to do that one day in high school and I like Decided not to skip class that day and get arrested. Um,
0: but <laughs> hey, going to school is a political act,
1: <laughs> it is.
0: Get but so is cutting then. school. So,
1: yes, yes, you know, really everything's political. Um, <laughs> but but basically, it reminds me a lot of that actually. But yeah. this time, it seems much more organized, right? And because there are you know, hitched on to Bernie's campaign, like, I mean. I, yeah it's I mean, I think it's just so amazing how young people are so involved right now because like we're pissed, yeah I think like you know rightfully so
0: I mean I think I you know historically again, I mean I'll, I'll go back to you know years that I was covering national elections uh, young people you know have a right to be pissed they have a right to be pissed now and they had a right to be pissed you know fifteen years ago. I just feel like um, the tendency is, you know, 15 years ago, young people were pissed and they were like, well the solutions to these problems are not going to come through the political process right. uh, and that's the kind of thing that led to apathy, you know like right. either young people wouldn't vote or they wouldn't be that engaged in the political process because perhaps astutely they were like, this is not where the solution is going to come and then that leads to, I guess, what you would call apathy and I, you know, right. there's, there's some legitimacy in apathy, I'm not knocking it Uh, But This is a very different thing, right? This is a group of young people who are like, we're pissed off. And also, we believe that there is an avenue to change through the electoral process, which is different, I think.
1: Right. But I, I also attribute that to women in Congress like Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, AOC, Ayanna Pressley, because like Rashida Tlaib, for example, you know, was a grassroots organizer. And then, you know, same with AOC, like both like grassroots organizers. And I'm, I'm sure like Ilhan Omar and Ayana Press, I mean, they, these women are like, and many others, I'm not, you know, but I think like they, yeah, they were grassroots organizers who showed the possibility of using politics to advance the interests of the people. And I just don't think we've seen that. And now with social media, like you know, something I think that's so attractive about these women is that they also really show you into their personal lives on social media. And so I just think the what we're seeing right now is, you know, personally nothing that I've ever seen, or I haven't seen it at a time when I've, you know, been made aware. Like I wasn't paying attention to politics when I was eight. I wasn't like, oh my god, what's happening? What's you know, wrong but with now, you?
0: were you? You were an <laughs> apathetic, 8 year old <laughs> I was. I was like, the world is over. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's done. We're all dying um but but, yeah, so I think we're seeing i mean, I feel personally like I'm witnessing what what value can be created if you are willing to like fight in those realms, you know, which I just like have never i've never seen that before, and so I think there is more hope in the political process based on the people that we've have voted in to be in those positions. So I feel like that continues to open a pathway for people like Bernie, who has actually always been doing this. But, um, I mean, he just has like the largest youth following the, like by far someone, it was funny though. Someone recently was like, to me, you know, specifically, they were like, but like, aren't you really encouraged that Pete Buttigieg is gay though? And like running. And I was like, no, I don't care. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's great. I mean, I'm mean, not to like, no shade. like I'm sure it's hard or something, but I just feel like, like that's not, you know, or someone asked me as well, like, you know, but Elizabeth Warren is a woman. Why wouldn't, you know, no, but I just feel like, I feel like my gen, you know, this millenn- I guess I'm like Gen Z millennial, but it's like we're very jaded. We are very apathetic.
0: I mean, except willing to take action. I feel like yes. the most dangerous byproduct of apathy is like, who cares? There's nothing you can do. Like, yeah. I'm completely disengaging. Whereas I feel like this feels like the opposite response, which Definitely. is like, it is overwhelming. These problems are daunting. It's time to act, which is yep. a new. Conclusion. I think for young yep. people. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about your, you know, like where climate change places on your kind of priority list when you're thinking about a candidate, when you're thinking about national elections. Like, what is your? Uh, yeah. Like, wh- where do you rate that uh, as a as a concern?
1: Yeah, like super top priority. Number one. Um, <laughs> Oh, it's so hard to rank those.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to put you in that position, but they're like I said, you know, there there's such a thing. You know, there are single issue Mm. voters, right? There are people Mm -hmm, who vote mm -hmm. for a candidate where like they don't like very much about them, but they align on one issue, and that's the most important thing. Um, Mm. You know, for instance, let's say Buttigieg was exactly who he is, but then he came out endorsed the Green New Deal. And, you know, decided that, you know, climate change is the number one priority for his administration or whatever, you know, what would that do for you?
1: Mm, And maybe be happy that he caught up, but I wouldn't vote for him. I mean, I think like, um, okay, this is what I think. So Trump, like, let's say you have two glasses of water. You have one glass of water with a bunch of shit in it so literal like, like
0: fecal fecal matter or like
1: yeah just or like dirt whatever okay, i'll make right. it i'll make it better for the listeners um, no, that's imagery. fine i just wanted to so,
0: clarify
1: <laughs> so so let's <laughs> say there's like a water with like a bunch of dirt in it and like whatever and you just stir it up and so just dirty water you know and then you have like water with like no dirt in it just water so if you pour more dirt and then already dirty water it like doesn't really make a difference because it's already dirty But if any dirt gets in the water without dirt, it stains everything. So my thing is like, I'm literally going like this. this. Anyway, I'm like, this is water. It's helpful. helpful. Glasses of water.
0: I I get the metaphor now. Visual aids
1: are helpful. (laughs) (laughs) So Amelia is holding two glasses of water. Anyway, so my thing is like the track record is so important to me. Like, who are you as a person? Will there be dirt that comes in play? Because if there is at that moment, you're no different now. It doesn't matter how many great things you've done or how many good things you're about to endorse. If you're going to go up against evil, you have to be good. I mean, those things are relative for sure. No one's perfect, but I feel like Bernie to me is the safest bet for me personally, just because like, like, for example, um, I mean, oh, my God. I don't know how Amy Klobuchar has gotten so far, which is just hilarious. Right? I literally have no idea how I she's gotten this far. I agree with you 100% on that. I'm like, how did you get here? Like, every time it happens, I'm like, how are you still here? Who is funding you? Because, like, first of all, she, we all knew that she was mean. Like,
0: from the beginning, as a human.
1: As a human. You know, like, we all knew she was not a nice person you can see her on the debate stage and she looks like she's just gonna fucking lose her shit like every other minute and then like, like she's like there like shaking like visibly shaking with anger like I'm like I don't trust you around children like if a child were to like talk back to her I feel like she would fucking yell at the child like, I, I know I feel <laughs>
0: like Bernie's always banging on the podium and cursing oh, yeah, know. you know totally, what I mean totally. like yeah, 100%. a little, of, a little 100%. Mussolini in there
1: <laughs> yeah 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 I mean no I mean Hey, I, what I realized after that democratic debate was the anger that I had inside myself. I deeply reflected. Sure. I was like, whoa, you know, I mean, when we talk about divisive, 100%, you know, everything. But even like, I mean, I, my favorite part was when Michael Bloomberg, first of all, he's now changed his name to Mike Bloomberg, which is hilarious. Because more, it's more friendly. Bloomberg, Yeah, exactly. He He was like, I gotta these young people. What do these young people wanna know? I love when people talk about like I love when people say like youth. Like, what do the youth want? It's like what the fuck, man? Just like talk to them. Anyway. But so but I get it too. But anyways, so he when he called Bernie a communist, like during the Democratic oh debate god. and um both Elizabeth Warren and Bernie were like, oh, Okay. Like you could like hear them in the mic. They were like, All oh, right. Okay. But it was so funny. But anyway, so I don't know how Amy Klobuchar has come so far. Pete Buttigieg, every time they move from like Mike Biden or Bernie's face to his face, he looks like a baby. Every time. I'm like, Oh my god, he's so young. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> Is he so young,
0: or are those other people just so old? So old. They're so old. And the HD,
1: like, really doesn't help them either. Like, I'm like, y'all should really turn down the HD because it looks like they're all dying. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's that's harsh. But it's so funny. I mean, not really, but, like, they kind of, you know, like, you can see them, like, spitting while they're talking. (laughs) And you're like, okay, whoa, this, like, feels very intimate. But, um, Joe Biden cracks me up, man, every time he talks. I'm like, oh.
0: Oh, Uncle Joe. Oh, Uncle Joe. (laughs) I'm interested. I want to, because I love metaphors, I want to revisit your glass of water water. metaphor. Yeah. Because I am interested in purity and redemption Mm. as a person who, you know, would like to seek some redemption from my own past and like to think I've (laughs) redeemed myself. You know, just start (laughs) with me. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. (laughs) Uh, you know, I think it's a lot to ask of somebody. I I agree with you that it says a lot about Bernie that he's been consistent on everything. And that does help you to feel better about him as a candidate. It's not just lip service. He's not just doing focus groups to find out what people like now and kind of changing his preferences. But I do think that often people who might be good candidates or even people who aren't good candidates are in my opinion, kind of unfairly judged for something mm. or, like, or unfairly just discounted, right? It's fine to be judged for Mm-mm. something you did in the past that wasn't great. But like someone is like, you are not eligible for this role because of blank. That's uh, true. There are a lot of examples of that. One, I mean, this isn't the greatest example because um, like Hillary Clinton is such a complicated person to talk about as a nominee. Wild. But I remember, you know, one of the main things when she was running for office that people could not get passed, understandably, was, um, you know, the way that she spoke about uh, criminal justice and the use of the criminal justice system and criminalizing young people and criminalizing people of color and the language that she used to describe young people of color, Um, which was horrifying, you know, and it definitely needed to be addressed. But I think a lot of people were like, nobody who said anything like that should ever be able to be president. Right uh again complicated example because it's hillary but uh you know obama also took a long long time to come around on gay marriage yeah you know? uh, and i think it would be easy if if he were less likable in every other way to say like oh nobody who was you know against gay marriage even in 2010 should be president and yeah. just I mean, part of this is like a different conversation about cancel culture and how quick we are to like dig up dirt from someone's past and be like, no, we can't listen to your music anymore because, you know, you said this thing that was inappropriate on Twitter seven years ago, you know? Right, right. Um, But I, you know, I don't, I don't see that many examples of that on the stage now. Like I, I, part of me felt like that about Kamala Harris. She's another complicated figure, but the idea that, (laughs) <laughs> Which is I'm like coming up with terrible examples, but it's a starting point because there was there were a lot of good things in my opinion about Kamala Harris as a as a candidate. Um, but a lot of people just felt like you were a district attorney, like you locked people up. That was your job. You locked up young people. You locked up young people of color. You were like an instrument of, um, you know, the system of mass incarceration. And I think that's a big part of the reason she just didn't gain the traction that she needed to. Because the early response, partly because young people are so invested in criminal justice reform, uh, which I think is a a great thing. They weren't willing to entertain a candidate who had been a prosecutor you know yeah so that's it that's all i have to say about the the cups of you know the glasses of water No. and you know i i also just think like it's a lot to ask of somebody to be a perfectly clean glass of water like i wouldn't want to say that bernie is that because what if we learn something next week from his past that is which if he's the nominee we most certainly will hear something you know we'll have to confront something from his past um I, I just hate to see cancel, cancel culture kind of like spilling into our political decisions. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But that's me again. I'm no, a person who's seeking redemption. So that's my piece. <laughs> but, no, I no. hear you.
1: I mean, I feel that actually what, what scared me about myself was how quick I was to disregard my friend, but <laughs> like, be like, you're wrong. Like, like, not disregard them, but, like, cancel Wait, this, them. And, you,
0: you said this was a friend who was, like, cool, like, down with Bloomberg? Is that what?
1: Yeah. Well, that he, yeah, well, he's, like, a corporate person. But I couldn't even really have, like, a conversation because I felt like, you're just wrong, which I still feel, and I still think is true. But I feel like there, there's, like, I think... um what's really amazing about young people is that when they've made up their mind and when they're passionate about something, it's like they can do anything. But when, but when they've made up their mind, like, like with Bernie, for example, like if you like Bernie, it's like die hard. Yeah. You know? And what's actually making me a little nervous is that, um, I feel like that way about, most people who support their candidate, maybe not, maybe that's not true. Cause I've never supported Amy Klobuchar or B- Pete Buttigieg or Biden or, I mean, I support a, I support Elizabeth Warren. I love Elizabeth. I actually really like Elizabeth Warren. I am not like if I had, to, if she was a democratic nominee, I would not be like, I, you know, I wouldn't like be like, Oh no. Like, <laughs> like I would,
0: yeah. you'd, you'd I be happy you with a Warren candidacy. Yeah. Warren yeah. or
1: Bernie. That's yeah. I'm fine with that. But I feel like, um, like Mike Bloomberg, I don't know if I would vote for him
0: yep. against
1: Trump. I don't know. Like, you mean I was thinking about would that. You would sit the
0: other it night. out, or you would wait for the Green Party candidate, or something like that. Oh,
1: yeah, I'll vote for Jill Stein. <laughs> um, no, I really, I really, that was a moment. I was like in bed, thing. I was like on like political, which don't ever do that because that doesn't create any value. But it's so <laughs> stupid, and everything they say is wrong. But I decided to <laughs> do it anyway and um i they're just the worst but i saw something that they posted about like how mike bloomberg's strategy was so great and like all this shit and i was just laying in bed like i don't think i would vote for him i couldn't i don't think in my like to me in my mind like okay donald trump is like the like the kkk like the you know i'm a racist i'm proud that i'm a racist and blah 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 mike bloomberg he is a racist, but it's like cloaked in like the white moderate quote unquote, you know, that's like that, like MLK talks about the, the really scary one who's like actually definitely racist, but is not gonna be the KKK version. And so I'm like, okay, so I can't vote for either of those people in my, like, I can't, I can't do that. And that's what terrifies me is like, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, obviously, we can't project uh, anything in the future. I learned that in 2016. I'm done trying to predict anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves saying, like, all right, you know, that, that Bloomberg has so much traction that he's going to end up being the nominee. In fact, the way things look now, after right. Nevada, it's pretty obvious that Bernie is the front runner and he's got a lot of momentum. Right. Um. I just... Uh, I, I don't. The the idea of like projecting this imaginary scenario into the future where you have to, this this horrible Sophie's choice between <laughs> between two billionaires. Although I will say, I think I mentioned this on the show last week, which is one of my favorite Bloomberg stories. So far, and don't mistake this as a Bloomberg endorsement. But a reporter asked him, "He's like, oh, what do you think about two, you know, billionaires running, you know, against each other for president?" And Bloomberg was like, "Who's the other billionaire?" It's <laughs> <We're just> like <laughs> that's, true, that's it's a good line. I said it last week. It bears repeating. It's a good line. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people. I don't know. We, we have these conversations with lots of people across the political spectrum of different ages and backgrounds, like. It seems like people's priority is not, um, I mean, it's increasingly ideological, but people, you know, people want to get the president out of there. And I think one, one evil over another is just like when the day comes, you just go in the booth and you pull the lever. They don't even need a name. Like if somebody's last name was not Trump, like that person would win the election. Yeah. Because you would yeah. just look on your ballot and you'd be like, oh, vote for not Trump, <laughs> whoever right, Mr. Not right. Trump is. Right. right. Um, but and, and in some ways, that's kind of how the... Um, Democratic field is narrowing is that there are these two competing forces, one which is like, you know, I'm the best person beat to beat Trump and right. who's like, it's time for a new ideological stand, you know? And right, I think of right. Warren and um, Bernie as people who are like, no, this is not about beating Trump. This is about like, you know, having an ideology for a future of this party and of this country and people like Biden was just like, Hey man, I'll believe in whatever you want me to just right. vote for me because I'm going to beat the guy. Um, right. And even like the moderates, you know, I think that's why Buttigieg got so much traction.
1: Right, anyway. right, right, right,, um, but you know
0: we're still good,
1: oh no, no, I was just gonna say, like I, just thinking about climate change again, um one thing I think that really frustrated me during the debate was like you know when the when the question was about climate change, um first of all, they went to Bernie last on that one, probably because they already know his response, but um, you know, you know, no one talked about like the moral imperative. <laughs> Like, first of all, Amy Klobuchar and Mike Bloomberg, you know, supported fracking. They used that time. They used their time to say, like, fracking is great. If you do it right, but if you do it <laughs> wrong, it's really messy. And it's like, no, bitch, if you drill into the earth, that chick's going to fuck it up. Just like if you drill into a human being. Like, that is not not something that you just do, like, without being messy, that's not mm. like, you know, and then they started calling it like a transitory fuel or whatever the fuck, but I just was like, Oh, sorry. I'm like cursing a lot. I don't know if
0: that's, that's fine. We welcome profanity okay, on this okay,
1: show. Okay. Like, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> you're
0: you're passionate about your views. That I'm it, so it passionate. Shows. <laughs>
1: but I just, I felt like there wasn't a converse. There was just a bunch of numbers thrown out about like, this money is going to go to that. And there's going to be that money that's going to go to there. And it's like, but where is, like, your, where is, like, the humanism, <laughs> like, right. of this conversation? This is about survival. This isn't about, like, and then, they, you know, like, someone was like, my plan is going to get us safe by 2050. And it's like, well, we'll all be dead by then. So, thank you so much <laughs> for not helping.
0: Well, I hope then, not, because I'll still be alive then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably, right. that's true. Please Tomorrow is promised to no one, but I just feel like the longer the projections <laughs> mm-hmm. of the apocalypse are, like the more I'm easy to I, I'm like able to accept it. You know, if you're like, Speaking oh yeah, of- climate change by 2080. twenty eighty, I'm like, well, twenty eighty that, that's a ways off. You know, I trust my children to figure this problem out by then. <laughs> Which is like, also, so I think, nice. to our point in this discussion, part of the reason there isn't that much urgency on that stage is because. That's a wow. There's a lot of old people up there, man. I, like, I'm not an ageist. I you know, I think that a person in their seventies could be a fine president, but it's harder to communicate the urgency of climate change to someone, right. you know, who is definitely not gonna be here to feel the effects the way that somebody else will. Right. Know, which is why we need a twenty three year old president. <laughs> I've been saying this forever.
1: Correct. <laughs> I personally vote for AOC. I'd be yeah. totally fine with AOC being mm-hmm. she got, you know, it was very right, I saw her interview on the View, which also don't I don't advise it. I don't advise watching. Don't watch, the watch
0: view. AOC on the view. Oh, just don't or watch Just the don't view, watch period. the view.
1: Just don't yeah. watch the view.
0: I get a lot of exposure from the view because I, you know, I go visit clients at Rikers all the time. And they're always playing the view. There's like a the, the TV is on. No matter what's it's it's always well it's either Mori Povich or the View. So I get I get a lot of the view, and then I, I didn't know this, but every network has their own version of the view now, which is just like a panel of multicultural oh, women, kind of like yeah, sitting like, around, like the real yak. Yeah, and yes, there are many, there are yeah. many of them. Yeah, I have some exposure the to talk. the but... The the talk. Yeah, that's what I did. There's a whole, you know, it's a successful format that's been branded and recreated other places. It's fun to watch. It always involves like some kind of like former child star, you know, like I feel like the the girl who was on Roseanne, I think, is on (laughs) one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> like Darlene. Adrian.
1: Yeah, there's like Adrian Bylon. <laughs> yes, Adrian
0: Bylon. Yeah, see, I mean, there's room for everybody, and I think John McCain's daughter is on one of them.
1: No, so she's on the View. On the View. she's on the View. Oh, she yes. is, the she View. is wild, man. She's wild. But yeah. I. But speaking of sorry, speaking of death, I know I'm totally changing topics. That's also because I have we love death. Here. That's <laughs> what we do
0: here. We talk about death and we change topics.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I because. Well, because I have uh, self diagnosed myself. Okay. Self diagnosed ADD for sure, 100%. Just never been tested. Anyway, um, Kobe Bryant. Have we talked about Kobe wait, Bryant Wait, are yet? you
0: introducing a Kobe Bryant conversation in the 11th hour of our show about like climate so change and the Democratic Party? So what what, what thought
1: thought about- on margin call. We're going to fuck shit up and turn everything upside down. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's just like the old days. I love so it.
1: Sorry. i so sorry. You guys, I you cried. I cried I, for, like, days.
0: Well, wait, it hold on. Are you, crazy. like... Are you a Laker fan? Are you a basketball fan? Or were you, did you basketball. love Kobe? Okay, yeah. I
1: actually, well, it was funny cuz when I started playing, I you know, I play I used to play like AAU's, so like traveling basketball, super committed, like was I was like I'm going to go to St. Ignatius, best all-girls basketball team, Wildcats. and I'm going to go to like Duke or USC, you know, that was the plan. And then I was like, "Oh my god, I am 5'4." Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I
0: was
1: like oh, I'm not going to make court. it.
0: <laughs> And that yeah. doesn't mean anything, man. I mean, NBA with Muggsy Bogues. How tall was he? 5'5", five, 5'4", five, five, Spud Webb. You know, True. I could have lived my dreams. It's never but
1: too late. Too late. A little too late. <laughs> but um, I actually wore the number 24 because I didn't want to wear the number 23 because of Michael Jordan. And then because uh, I didn't want to be like that person. That oh, was yeah. like wearing number 23. It's a big statement bucks.
0: to ask yeah, for the twenty-three. It's like, no, yeah, put a target wear, on your back.
1: Yeah, like you just yeah. made yourself look bad. Like automatically yeah. we're gonna assume you're not as good as you think you are.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna wear twenty-four. And then of course Kobe changed the number. But anyway, um, but I always actually thought he was a ball hog, but that didn't that you're didn't alone. change the fact. So I actually didn't really like Kobe that much. But that didn't change the fact that the impact he had on the game. I think like inherently impacted my life. Yeah. Even if I didn't realize how much yeah. it impacted, what it like, just, like I did not realize how much of an impact he had on my life in terms of like basketball and yeah, just basketball. Of and course, was so a huge figure,
0: I, especially if you're a young person playing basketball in the early like, 2000s. Yeah. Of every,
1: yeah. It was he, like, he was like, you know, everything at the time. So I mean, still is, but I, Yeah, I would like, I was like staying up until like 11 at night, like watching these like videos of him, like crying. I was like, what the fuck is happening, Amelia? Like, I was like, so I was really shocked. Like, I was shocked at my emotional reaction that I had. Like, I thought I was okay. And then I was just like,
0: devastated. Grief is a powerful force, man. So, uh, i would also okay. add it sounds like you're torturing yourself with your viewing <laughs> yeah. habits from yeah, yeah. Politico <laughs> yeah. to the view to watching old kobe videos and crying i mean you know it's like do you listen to sad music too sometimes
1: yeah sometimes <laughs> i'll listen to sad music and then i pretend that i'm in like this dramatic music video yes and i'm like oh. i think we all do that though i think literally yes. everyone i do that doing too that no, at no, some no. point in their I, lives yeah. So you're not alone in that respect. Don't worry. Thank you. Thank you. There was I, a time.
0: Have to, oh, you often. There to was me. a time. There was a time. Oh, there was
1: a time where every morning I would listen to "Fighter" by Christina Aguilera as so
0: I was walking to the show. Oh, going
1: to work. What, what a nice, what a yeah. nice circle that made when we first talked about this song, and now
0: it's like months later. Yes, we did talk about this song because <laughs> had we you had an idea to do a, sing it and it failed, like a music show It failed horribly. Yes, remember. Oh, yeah. And that was what you led with, was fighter. Yeah. I'm gonna
1: have to go back <laughs> and forth. You made dra- it sound drag drag like there was in. a time as yeah. if it
0: was 10 years ago. It's like, no, Amelia, you They're were doing that time. like one year ago. <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest. Dude, there was a time when I was a young woman when I listened yeah, to Fighter. Was a young <laughs> yes. Just being introduced. Really. To this one year light. ago.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. It was like literally last year. <laughs> you All have that right. aged.
0: Um, but yeah. So before we get out of here, I have to ask you, since we are talking about uh, the primary, yeah. and I know that you live in New York, but you're I from do. California, I uh, and I know a lot of people don't change their residence for registration, but where are you registered to vote? Are you in New York or are you in California?
1: So this is a story.
0: <laughs> that, so I thought that actually, might be a story. That's why story I asked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I was registered in Ohio because that's where I turned 18 for college oh yeah when you were in school i voted yeah i voted in ohio which is great because that's where my vote counts and so then i tried to vote like um absentee ballot but they were like listen you don't fucking live here anymore yeah and they were like also we're not gonna take your fucking vote because we don't like you you're a democrat so i was like this is becoming very difficult and i don't want to do this anymore and then my license expired so hope no legal people are listening to this because definitely was driving without a l-
0: That's fine. There's a statute of limitations on that stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: so yeah. So... it's um, 20 minutes. <laughs> so then, get this. I lost my social security card. Don't know where that went. I'm sure it's in my room somewhere. So I went to go get a new one. And turns out my name is not just amelia my full name on my birth certificate just my first name is amelia helen
0: like together hyphenated like no
1: no 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 like two two names amelia helen Helen.
0: and that's not your middle name
1: no rose is my middle name
0: Amelia so like, Gonzalez. That's a musical. That, that. That's got a good look to it. I like that cool name. Thing. You sound happening. like a
1: you sound like a lead in a in some kind of film. Pretty much. I was a like, oh my Hellen. god, my life has all been a lie. Yeah. And then I was like, mother, what occurred? <laughs> why? Is, why do I have two first names, mother and sweet <laughs> yes. she was. She was like, oh yeah, uh, we couldn't decide. So my dad named me Amelia My mom named me Helen I was like that's a perfect representation Of why your relationship never worked out Because you could not decide Neither of you could compromise On a single first name for your child But anyways So then I had to like get all my And then they were like you can go to the court to change your name To just Amelia if you want And I was like it's fine it's fine it's fine I don't care So I had to bring all this other stuff Get a new social security card Then I went and renewed it at the DMV here in harlem and got a new york driver's license and registered to vote in new york and so i have now the real id which i don't even know what the fuck that means you know oh, you guys yeah. have to get a real id right before october yeah. 2020 yeah.
0: yes it's i, I so i'm weird. not a i'm a procrastinator so i i have not made any moves but i'm aware of it
1: yeah yeah, yeah. so i got that and then um so now i'm registered in new york
0: so, I mean, I have so many follow up questions about Ohio. I know a lot of people who are registered in other states and vote absentee, like people in Florida, for instance, and they say, oh because right, i want i want I want my vote to count and yeah. I, under, I understand that impulse, but I also feel like I mean that is kind- it's not voter fraud, but it is kind of like you should vote where you live right like yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand yeah. what you mean, and the bigger issue is to me like there shouldn't just be a handful of states where votes quote unquote Count, You know, I know this is not like a revolutionary idea that I'm introducing, but it's a problem that I have every time it's we have a national election because all of us all across the country are talking about like, oh, you know, I have to make the right decision. And it's really only a very small amount of people who are going to determine this because only a handful of states actually get a presidential election. You know, right. uh, and that's like whatever a very different like reform issue. But a lot of times it does feel silly to be having conversations like this with people who live in California and people who live in New York about like, oh, what's the right decision? And I, it's a little right. bit different in a primary because, you know, it does count right. a little bit more in a primary. Yeah. Um, but when you get to a national election, like really, if you live in a state that's just already going to go one way or the other, you know, it's like you may as well kind of just tune out at that point because you're not yeah. going to get much of an election disheartening issue another reason for youth apathy bring back youth apathy that's my that's my theme for today give it up kids (laughs) nothing's ever going to (laughs) change but another concern for another day yes um amelia i can't tell you i can't tell you how happy we are to have you back it's been too long too long you are a ray of sunshine in our lives this was a delightful conversation today. I really hope that you can come back. And you know the irony, I'm yes. calling you a rave, sunshine, sunrise movement. Maybe there's Ooh. a theme. Sunshine, sunrise, we'll think about it, talk about it. <laughs> um, and as always, we would love if you would write something for us. We can talk about that offline. But yes. we always love your thoughts and insights. Sunrise, maybe. Maybe. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we, we even might be able to give you, you know, a couple dollars. That's okay. So, you know, That's something some to <laughs> yeah, Go I'll get give you a T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, treat no. yourself.
1: I wonder if I. Oh yeah, treat yourself. Yeah. Yes, Here's five dollars.
0: Yes. <laughs> cash well, out. it's a little bit more than that, but we would like. To hear more from you, we love your insights and thoughts, and we're going to be having. Oh my God, think about it! It's like the election season hasn't even really started yet. And I know it's like crazy. we have fatigue, but we're going to be doing lots more shows like this on this topic to and others. So we're very, very glad to be back in touch with you. So I would thank love to you a million for coming today and having this conversation, and for sneaking in a reference to Kobe at the end. Appreciate that. Just just to keep us, we were a little bit too on topic up until that point. So I'm glad that you (laughs) brought us off a little bit. Yeah, switch Switch it it up. So yes, thanks to you. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yes, thanks to you. And thanks to all our listeners. Until next time, Quest On, everybody.
1: This episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.